1: a show where we answer all of your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dosson Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm David Cartledge. This is from Robert, who says, are you surprised that David De Gea hasn't signed with a club yet? David?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still a place for a goalkeeper of such attributes as David De Gea. Um, I don't think every club in the world is playing this system this style that you know requires a goalkeeper to be you know a midfielder on the ball Um, so I think there's absolutely still a place for him Um, he should still get um, I think he's still capable of playing at the top level in the Champions League uh, Premier League La Liga wherever it may be Um, whether that move is forthcoming I don't really think so I think you know I think the wages that he'll probably still command might put a few people off might end up in Saudi Arabia, absolutely. But yes, I do still think he should be playing at the top level in Europe. It's what?
3: a funny thing, isn't it? How he's been—he's been re-examined and reclassified because yeah. of the perception of 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 what he is with with the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's he's still an excellent goalkeeper. Well, it's, what it's, he isn't just, with
1: the ball, really, is how he's being reclassified. Yeah,
3: isn't? that's 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 right. And I—I guess it's how suitable is he for the top level teams on the market. Who are on the market for a goalkeeper? That that's really the issue for him at the moment. So already he's fallen through to this point that what top team is really desperate for a goalkeeper and is in a spot. Now, of course, one of those is Bayern Munich, as we discussed on the on 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 the main show. Now he's not going to end up going there because of all the teams that could absorb De Gea. He, they're possibly the last one. Yeah. Like, because their, their defence plays so high up. So, um, immediately, that's, that's cut off. Are you a little bit surprised that Real Madrid didn't go with him? Because, t- t- to me, De Gea to Real Madrid and Kepa to Bayern is a better fit.
2: I'm not surprised at all, because of all the politics in play um, at Real Madrid. Um, I, they wanted him though before didn't they when he was a man they did but it goes back to that so I'm glad you brought that up I think when he didn't force the issue enough with the whole fax machine debacle I think that was a factor why they haven't gone for him they remember that I think Real Madrid wanted him to push a little bit more and just be a bit more of a stroppy boy to get his move and secondly his credit in Spain has declined considerably mm. given his performances with Spain now he has come under severe criticism in the press, which is obviously largely dominated by the Madrid media, as Marker, who have been very critical of him. That hasn't gone down well um, with De Gea, De Gea's camp. So I don't think when honestly when this happened, I just even with Courtois's injury, I just knew he was not going there by any crook.
1: Uh, Robert's question, uh, I think it's a reasonable one for anybody to ask considering. De Gea's time at Manchester United Absolutely. 12 seasons 664 games and he's without a club at the beginning of this season doesn't make sense does it?
3: It, it does because as David said it's, it's about the money and the perception that he would only go for to one of the top bracket clubs so that, that's difficult look he, he will get a club before the end of the window but it will be a sort of it might not be the perfect move it might be a top club that finds themselves
1: in a spot I think Uh, this is from Shidi. And this question is from Shidi who asked, can you talk about Zaniolo's move to Villa? What should we expect? How could he potentially fit in? Will his injury record have an impact on him playing in the Premier League? For those who don't know, Andy, Niccolò Zaniolo has been a topic of interest on OTC for several seasons now, but he hasn't quite um, achieved what we
3: expected him to achieve. No, and um, as Shealy refers to, that the, the injuries are a huge part of that. Um, now, Zaniolo leaving Galatasaray is, is not a surprise because they they bought him to sell him. They bought essentially a distressed asset, who um, Jose Mourinho was doing everything, and Roma were doing everything to get rid of. Um, they couldn't get the money they wanted for him in the end. Um, Galatasaray were like really the only gig in town who would front the money. Bournemouth were interested, but Saniola wasn't interested in that. So they paid a little less for him, Galatasaray, and set a gettable release clause knowing that he would go at some point. So they get, what, three, four months out of him. They were looking at maximum year and a half and then sell him on either to an Italian club or if they get lucky, as they seem to have got lucky in this situation – a Premier League club. Um, So they make themselves a a, a tidy profit, showing the sort of financial foresight that Turkish Super League league clubs do not often show. Um, But that year, they bought him with the express intention of flipping him, and that was the agreement with Saniolo himself, which is why they haven't stood in his way. Now, um, why they've managed to sell him more quickly, he was great in the run into last season, really good. Um, he, He found his... Is, is place in Turkey. And we've talked about it before. I think this kind of leans into the question. The, the fact that if, if you can make it in the Turkish Super League, okay, you can say the standard's not of the, the, the top five leagues in Europe. Fair enough. What it is, is absolutely brutal. And so in terms of will Saniolo's body stand up to it, I think we have our answer, or at least part of our answer where his injury has changed him, I think might actually help him in, in in the in the Premier League. Because what has been the problem with Saniolo and it is it's hard to get a, a it's hard to get a balanced view of what he is and where he's going in Italy because they all want him to be that superstar that Roberto Mancini saw. That Mancini, remember, called him up to the national team before he'd even played a Serie A game. That's how convinced he was by his, his quality, although Mancini has a record with Italy of giving a chance to young players. The way he... Had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the way he glides past players, or the way he glided past players, was, was magnificent, great balance on the ball, very direct, great left foot. But, of course, Zaniolo has since done his ACL in both knees. Now, that has changed him. And not just in terms of, can he accelerate anymore? When he was out, he went to the gym big time. And now he's like twice the size that he was before. Not in terms of fat, in terms of muscle. Mm. He's like a hulking
1: brute of a player. Now, I always get a little bit nervous when
2: players' physique changes yeah. To, you, but, but, you lose a bit of something but you also gain things as well like a very...
3: yeah and the, the question is David do you gain something that would actually be pretty useful in the Premier League when you ally it to his technique
2: I think that's the, that's the idea he's clearly looked at those injuries and thought right okay I need to pack more muscle on I need to protect these muscles a lot, um, you know I need to protect my, my legs sorry my ligaments a lot more so he's obviously been conscious in that I personally think this is honestly uh, going to be a step too much for him I just think the impact of the Premier League, the physicality there, I know you've brought it about mm. the Turkey and what have you like that. I just think it's on such a different level to everywhere else. I think, you know, if you've just seen, look at De Bruyne is heading for, for surgery, probably going to be off for four months. in Timber, just come from Eredivisie as well, ACL. I think it's going to be a really, really tough ask for him. I'd love to see, I'd love to be wrong. I hope he does really, really well. And there's a gap there, obviously, Villa lost a really smart creative player in Emi Buendia to another long-term injury. Um, so there's a spot there for, for him to carve out. So I do hope he stays fit because yeah, he's a brilliant player. Is is,
3: is is the Premier League the right place for you to find the consistency where you can play 30 games
2: a season? I don't, I don't think it is. That's, no. the,
3: that's the issue really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't, honestly, I would say um, France and England in terms of physically demanding leagues mm. are the two toughest to go into. Agreed. I, I think Spain, Germany, um, would have been a uh, bet for him.
3: What, so do you think this has been at least partly driven by Monchi's ego? Because, of course, Monchi, the, the only real success he had when he was at Roma was constructing the deal that brought across, well, when they got rid of Raja Nainggolan and brought across Saniolo and Park Exchange, of course, he was brilliant in mm. his early spell at Roma. you think that's something that Monchi clings to to say, "Oh, I wasn't completely useless at Roma."
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it is. On, I think that on uh, is going to be a big test of Monti as well, because the last time he left is, uh, you know, Sevilla was the place where he was happy, safe. He knew how everything ran. Uh, the last time he did leave there, um, it was obviously a failure at Roma. So, you know, he'll be hoping that second time around, him leaving Sevilla um, at Villa, um, things are going to go a little bit differently. So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting move. I can see why he has brought Daniel anyway. in. Yeah, we'll watch that
1: space. Hopefully it's not Albert, although it can be. You uh, welcome Alberts as well as Albert, but I just don't know how to pronounce it. Can Union Berlin, remember last season, they were one of the dark horses, I think it's fair to say, a lot of people's second favourite team in Germany, certainly, um, finished fourth in the Bundesliga. Can they repeat that this season?
3: Maybe. The thing that's been so impressive about Union Berlin is they have managed to build on things in ways that you wouldn't expect so far. So when they came up to uh, the Bundesliga for the the, the first time, what, four years ago now, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to have a battle to stay in it. They've never come even close to a battle with relegation. And I think when you look at Runa, the sporting director, when you look at Fischer, the coach, it's a terrific combination. They're well coached. They recruit really well. Um, they plan for the future really well. Now, having got into Europe two seasons in a row, having established themselves as the biggest club in Berlin by a mile, cumulative points total. How If you add together the last two seasons, bear in mind that Hertha has spent like $450 million on players over the last five years. How, over the last two seasons, how many more Bundesliga points do you think Union have had than Hertha? G- give, give me a number.
1: God, David,
3: help Cum- me out. Cumula- oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> cumulative amount
2: of points. Go on. Oh, I'm honestly not too sure.
3: Um... 65 points more combined over the last two wow. seasons. It's
1: incredible. It's impressive. Yeah. And look. Impressive.
3: That, that they are... That they're an absolute model of a club. Now, I think the interesting thing is, just because they've qualified for the Champions League, which seems to be on their wildest dreams, they've not stood still. So, they love their, their stadium, the Alta first Rai. It's not a small gonna, stadium, isn't it? Yes. Small yeah, town. F- incredibly yeah. atmospheric. Yeah. They have taken the very brave move, and some would say quite a foolhardy move, of going to the Olympia Stadion, Herter's ground, to play their Champions League games this year because they just want to fit more people in. Mm. And again, it's another way of growing the club. A a slightly controversial way of doing it. uh, And some of their fans are a little bit upset by it.
2: It worked as well. They sold out all their Champions League home tickets in a day. It's incredible, isn't it? It worked.
3: (laughs) It's it's incredible. And they they always find a way of finessing it to the next level without being um, reckless, without being crazy. Now, you look at this summer, they've signed Robin Gosens to 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 play at left back. A terrific player who it never quite worked out for him at Inter but you know is is a Germany quality player and and and, and plays Germany. They've brought back Kevin Volland uh from Monaco to 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 play up front. They uh, they brought across Luca Tussa who's got Champions League really experience like. from, really from, like. from 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 Hertha. You know, they've w- without betting the farm, they've gone out and got themselves that next level of players as well. And I think behind Dortmund and Leipzig, there's not a lot of convincing teams in the Bundesliga at, at, at the moment. But, well, if, if we're talking about Dortmund and Leipzig as the ones that can challenge Bayern. I think outside those three, I think Union are the one. They're, they're definitely the best-run club in the Bundesliga.
1: How hard can that be, David? You know, this is Mr. McCorber's mathematics. You know, annual income, £20, annual expenditure, 20 pounds, 19 shillings, uh, <laughs> and sixpence.
2: It wasn't, it's true, you know, the result disaster. Look, they, they're they very much a club who like playing with the ideas above their station and what they should be. Um, but it's going to be very difficult. They overperformed their XG by about 13 goals last year. That is a very hard number to see. That, they, they've got a lot to sustain, basically, if, if they are to do this again. But they should be there or thereabouts. I can see them dropping down maybe fifth or sixth in Bundesliga. Um, but you know, they lost some good moments, once again.
1: How about this question from Ben? How And I'm glad, Ben, thank you for asking this question because we don't always take a, a real forensic look at the Primeira Liga in Portugal. How wide open is that league going to be this year, Andy? You know,
3: when you, whenever you're making predictions with Portugal, you make your mid-July prediction... You make your mid-August prediction <laughs> and then you make your September the 1st prediction because of the economy and the the, the way that the way that players are sold up until the last minute. Um, if you'd have asked me um, back end of July or even like a fortnight ago, I would have said not open at all. Benfica are going to absolutely smash it because um, Benfica are the champions. They deserve to be the champions. Best team in Portugal. They've signed by Angel Di Maria, who is the best player in the league, hands down, and there really is no dispute about Safe that. Safe pair of hands. And he's, he's, started, he's started very, very well as well. He's
2: mm. he's looked brilliant in pre-season. How old is he now? 35. Well, it's not too but bad. He's, he's clearly got, I'm um, playing like I'm 25 sort of vibes, hasn't he? He's That's incredible.
3: A, he, yeah. looks, he looks re-energised yeah. by it. I mean, there was this clip recently, wasn't there, of uh, Adel Tarap talking about when it, it, he he spoken to, Maria, and he spent he spent the whole time saying, "Oh, I really want to go back to Benfica at some point." And he's like, "What are you talking about? You're at Real Madrid." <laughs> but, but but he he was really drawn back to to to, to go into the club, and um, uh, you know, he could have gone to Saudi and made an absolute fortune. He's he's chosen to go to Benfica for like the biggest contract in Portuguese league history. But ne- ne- nevertheless, he's he's, he's going to prove worth it. I think. Um, looks brilliant. Scored in the Super Cup win over Porto. Scored in the opening league game of the season. But of course, what's changed in the last couple of weeks? Gonzalo Ramos has been uh, sold to, to 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 PSG, and Benfica have remarkably lost their opening league game of the season at bovishta They were two one up in the 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 ninetieth the minute. They ended up losing three two. They threw everything forward and conceded uh, a, a winner in what the eleventh minute of, of of stoppage time. It was, it was, it was remarkable. Um, so, of, of course, one swallow doesn't make a summer. The, the, the quality gap between them and Porto, I think, is is, is significant. Yeah. It, it really is. And, and, and Porto haven't been great with transfers over, over the last couple of years. Though It looks as if Joao Moutinho might be rejoining, which would be quite interesting.
2: And they've also signed, I need to get this in, they've also signed one of my fair, fair players from uh, Boca Juniors in Argentina in Alambarilla. Varela. You think he's gonna make a difference? I think he's gonna make a big difference. I, okay. He's all action midfielder. Right. Different areas of the field. He's very combative in. He's also got I think he's got enough about him to play as well. I think he's really and he's gonna be key. but also be interesting to see if they do keep Teremi.
3: That's that's the key, is that it? when we're keeps, talking about yeah. when we're talking about the mid-August and September the first predictions, that's 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 the big thing for them. He is absolutely irreplaceable to Remy. What what we know with Porto is that they will Always be competitive under Consissal. There's no question about about that. Whatever the issues are behind the scenes, or with transfers, or whatever. The, the other the other big thing uh, when we look at Sporting, we mustn't forget them. Is the fact that Victor Gueocades, having arrived from Coventry, started very Brilliant. very well. What he finished,
2: the technique and the finish of that was phenomenal.
3: Two great goals on his yeah. debut against uh, Vizela, a game that they almost managed to not win but won right at the end through um, Paulinho but I think Jokades is going to make a big difference they've also held on to Marcus Edwards so far which is a yeah. little bit of a surprise yeah.
2: yeah I think so honestly I think I know they've lost Agarate. obviously big loss we talked about combative midfielders and Varela but I mean there was no one more combative than Ugarte. Yeah. so the fact they've lost him is going to be significant but I think they've added in their right areas as well and look I think out of all the, ma- out of all the managers I think they've got the most tactically astute manager around still I think he's, you know, he can, again, close those gaps. If there's some gaps in, in terms of personnel, I think they can be closed.
1: Yeah. So in answer to your question, Ben, um, get in touch next week and it'll be a real... And the week after. And the week, and the week after, after that. <laughs> very different answers. Look, let's, let's finish off with this one. Uh, this question from Pekka, which is more kind of a, I suppose, profound question about supporting uh, your football team. It's, he admits, acknowledges, it's not really a question, but anyway, here it goes. I spent the weekend watching the German Cup first round and the Swiss League. The atmosphere is so much better on the continent than in the Premier League. When you have an ultra culture, it makes such a difference. And if you include the title of the show in your question,
3: it
2: will almost certainly get on.
1: <laughs> I completely agree with you. Uh, There's a tip for anybody else who's got questions for Ask OTC. Yeah, I saw
2: this. I saw this come in. It was on my on my feed, and I saw it, and I thought it, it very strong point, and I completely agree. Um, but look, I think he's brought up the Premier League, so we'll talk about the Premier League. I think you know on the continent they look at football in a different manner to how they look about it in the Premier League. Um, in the Premier League, they like to do it for looks, for the theatre. Uh, for how it looks on TV, basically, you know, and what have you. I think... Entertainment then, rather than football. Yeah, it is. It's an entertainment purpose. It's a, you know, it's a BBC drama, you know, except Sky are producing it. So, you know, I think everything needs to look polished and pristine and presented in a certain way. Whereas, well, on the continent, they've maintained, I think, a strong level of fan culture, even, you know, before you get to the ultras as well, I think in terms of pricing, in terms of how they offer their product, Um, but largely due with pricing. um, I think you get a different type of people uh, going to games on the continent and what have you than you do in England I think the people that would create that type of culture in England have been marginalised in football in terms of the prices that have gone up and again mm. the way the product has been sold and presented now so I think that's a big reason why but I completely agree with the point what's being made in the question well, you, you, statement. You, you go to Italy
3: every year don't, don't mm-hmm. you <laughs> yeah. for, for, for your, your, your top <laughs> up of that don't you Yeah, um,
2: about that yeah yeah um, Serie A D side Grissetto uh, was picked out of uh, a hat many many moons ago um, as a as a team to go to. So <laughs> you pulled uh, the short straw. So, didn't you? <laughs> so the group started supporting them, and you get some interesting trips. And yeah, you look. I know in England you still get groups of young lads, you know, between 18, 25 or what have you, getting trains down to different up up and down the country at different parts. And you know that I don't think price will go in the way of them, but obviously it is a massive massive factor. Um, and that doesn't seem to go in the way of people when they want to view. Football abroad, and I think, yeah, everything's about money in England. I think, and I think it, in other countries they, they they look upon other things more importantly.
3: I think the thing that always strikes me, Dotton, there's this when this question came through. There's a word that's always glued in my head that when you go to uh, watch a football match in France, it's not uh, voir, it's not regarder, it's assister. And it's, it's like you're helping with the spectacle. It, it, it doesn't exactly mean that, but it, 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 like the idea that you're taking an active part in it, that, that's something that we don't seem to share as much, particularly in the Premier League anymore. You don't think that, so? That know that you're there yeah. to make the occasion. Like, like, uh, and like when, I, when I've um, spoken to like, German football fans for, in particular who've come to see games over here, they're like, yeah, I've got to be honest, I expected more. I expected more from the atmosphere. It's, it's like as a spectator or as a fan, you're passive rather than active. Whereas the sense in, in, in Germany in particular, to go back to Pecker's question is or, or, or statement, is, it's more that you're there to very much be part of it. You're, you're-
2: a fan. I think in England, you're a consumer. Maybe I think that's the that's difference. A good way of putting it. I think that's the, honestly. I think that's the biggest biggest yeah. difference. I think you're looked upon differently. I think fan culture is looked upon differently. And like I said, there are still people trying to make it. They're still trying to people make it happen. All credit them, and I hope they continue to do so as well. But they've got so many factors against them. Price of travel. We know the train prices in the UK. It's completely different in the continent. Wherever you go, whether it be Germany, um, anywhere like that. I know a guy, um, Danny Last, obviously, who we mm. both know travels the length and breadth of different countries. He makes it all look beautiful on Instagram. He makes it all look beautiful, but um, it's not costing him a fortune to do either. He can travel through Germany, Switzerland, and what have you, for a, a nice price. Uh, you know, somebody can't get a train from London to Manchester for a decent price these days, 190 quid or whatever the hell it is.
3: But I, th- I think that there, there are, are like a few other factors as, as, as well. <laughs> uh, I think in terms of creating an atmosphere in the ground, every Premier League ground you go into, it's got a deafening tannoy that drowns everything out. Yeah. No but how do you build an atmosphere <laughs> no, you when do. when you when right. you when and you it's... can't hear yourself. But uh, by the same token I I put that to a family member who goes to goes to Newcastle a lot he's got a season ticket. And he said well the thing is I how would the fans create the atmosphere when everyone's in the pub till quarter to 3. I think that's an interesting point. Mm. You know it's it's something that's remarked upon. You know when we see a big game in Napoli at the Champions League. You know, the ground fills up like a couple of hours before the game. Yeah. That, that doesn't
1: happen here, does it? Mm. Well, my conclusion to this is it's 4-0 to David. He managed to get the name of this show, of this podcast, in four times to your nil. <laughs> <laughs> so, must uh, do better. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Ask OTC. If you would like to ask a question on next week's show, you can contact us at any time at Dotson Bio, at Andy Brassel, at David Jacker, J-A-C-A and at O-T-C pod. Or you can email us O-T-C at footballramble.com.
2: On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Hi,
3: this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ.